I was watching the Cheetah Rivera episode of? with the father from Sixteen Candles, Golden Girls. Wait, there's today. no Cheetah Rivera. Sorry. Rita, Rita Moreno. Moreno, yeah, right, right. With the father from that's Paul Dooley. Yes, he's the, he plays the father in Sixteen Candles. Uh-huh. I used to see him when I was living over at Lake Hollywood. I used to see him at the, um, the Vaughn. No, not at the Eagle. At the Vaughn's down in Toluca Lake. Are you the running? Grocery store. Yeah, we, he's oh, running. We're recording. Yeah. Great. Okay. Paul Dooley and he um, brilliant. He was always everybody's. Oh, he's everybody's. Father, but you know? he's you know he he did a bunch of uh, Robert Altman films, and when we spoke. We talked about his uh, Robert Altman films. Experience. Paul Dooley. So here we are, um, a producer. Um, we're doing some podcasts. How many, um, what episode are we doing? Who's on the tail end of this? You don't have to stop is it. Is it just us? You don't have to stop it. No, just, it could, is, do you want this one to be just us? Is it just us? Can it be just us? Can you us? speak English? I'm talking to you, Earth sir. Earth to Alex. I got from Langford and Gina Rodriguez. Oh! oh great. Look, that's great. Now, yeah, you know, um, that movie I did with Gina Rodriguez is now on Netflix. It's called Someone Great. I haven't oh. watched it yet. No, me neither, but I love her. Do you watch, I, I was going to say, do you watch yourself? Do you watch yourself when you do movies? All the time. <laughs> I have a mirror right here, and then I have a movie right here, and I watch myself watching right. movies. Now, obviously, you watch yourself on um, Drag Race. Drag Race. I don't am not comfortable watching myself apart from anything in anything else. Mm-hmm. Like people have said to me, "Did you see your Big Brother?" Which I don't even talk right, about. Right. And I absolutely will not watch that back. I watch myself to learn to critique. I yeah. think I'm really hard on myself, but I love watching Drag Race. Not to see me, but mm-hmm. because I love the freaking Yeah, show. I mean, I will eventually watch all of the stuff. I, I'll get around to it. But you, um, you don't watch the old stuff, the Nelson stuff. You don't no, watch. I don't watch that. But um, but uh, you know, I still haven't seen the Grace and Frankie. Oh, you were so good. I haven't seen that. I still have. I haven't. I saw the um, the uh, Broad City. Well, I report back to you anyway. Yeah, I tell you how you did. <clears throat> so don't worry. But I do watch Drag Race, and that's amazing. And. Um, we should just touch on the fact that Rue has been wearing clothes that he hasn't worn in 20 years. Right. Well, and but because, you know, the, there's a, um, the statute of limitation has run out. Actually, for clothes that you've worn on television, it's about 10 years. I think what's old is new again. And I think it's different when it comes to drag yeah. costuming because you're going back to 96. Yeah, and most of these kids weren't even born then. Weren't born, they don't know what it is. And the fact, in my, in my view, mm. seeing you... Look even better than you did then, and back then we yeah. were gagged. Yeah, is like teach the children, right? Yeah, you know, she's talking about the outfit um, that I wore on Drag Race last week with was something and Evie. Yeah, Jason. which was something that I had from the VH1 show, which was ninety six, yeah. ninety seven, yes. something like that. And uh, I said I'd pull it out. Actually, that's that dress. It's just my Pebbles and Bam Bam dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, was something I used to wear on tour. I used to. Um, do it when I was doing nightclubs. When she came around that corner, because I don't know what you're wearing, obviously. Yeah. Till you come around the corner, and I was like, "No, she did." <laughs> no, nope. you recognized. No, it. she didn't. Well, not not only that, it's just the legs were all out. Yeah. You know, yeah. You usually have them unscrewed and in the closet. Yeah, they're usually in the closet. Um, and I pack them up so the termites don't get. To yeah, them. and yeah. it's a new set of maple. Exactly. Instead of mahogany. That's true. Haven't maple. gotten around to the steel legs of <laughs> no, steel. That's yet. coming. <laughs> That'll be but season, they're so heavy. Season twenty. Yeah, maybe aluminium. Aluminium. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but those dents. So they yeah, they, they, do. they they're not that they haven't perfected. And they leach into your blood. <laughs> Just like not good. It's 
not good. Yeah, I pulled out the old legs and uh, walked them down the runway. And then, you know, uh, a few feet later, I just took them off and uh, put my it. sweats on. And, and then <laughs> put them back on and walked some children in nature. Yeah. What we do on RuPaul's Drag Day. Let me just talk about real quick. Now, we, are we going to talk about London oh, in this episode? I think we should do. I think we should, though. You want to do it here? I think, t- I think we the touch thing is, on it here. I think we should do a whole London episode. I agree. I agree. It's just that this is our first episode of today. And so. It's the it's, only episode it's, of today. Is it the only episode we're No, doing I mean today? like today for the listeners. <clears throat> oh, the, we don't care about them. Oh, okay. Um, yes, we do, Ru. <laughs> yes, we do. No, I want them to be a part of our process. Okay. We don't have to hide that from them. No, the fact I that agree. We're, Doing a bunch at no, once. No, we shouldn't. No, we. In case you don't know what you do, we do yeah. stockpile these podcasts because we leave often. Yeah. In different worlds, so you'll go to New York, I'll go to London, and then it's like we don't see each other for a month. Exactly. That's why we have to stockpile them. Right. So, uh, so you, so you're saying you want to do an episode of London? But I want to touch touch on it. An hour <clears throat> of London because I have a list. Yeah. Of things to talk about for that London experience. Because we just got back. I got back on uh, Thursday, Wednesday night. Something you got like back that. on Wednesday. Right, right. And yeah. I got back on Friday. Fr- right after you. Yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> yes. I got back last night. Yesterday. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I only had two hours on the plane. We talked about this. You slept two hours. I slept for three hours before I left because the car came at 5 a.m. And then two hours on the plane. I was so tired and I couldn't sleep. Right. It just wasn't, the bed was You don't take a Valium or anything? No, I don't do any of that. You don't do any of you that. You know that. Yeah. I tried to watch movies. Um, Virgin Atlantic, I'm going to put you on blast. The movies were terrible. Well, the movies on uh, British Airways were terrible also. Horrible. Although, I'm sorry, I'm going to take that back because I did see finally see The Favourite. Oh, we'll talk about that in a pin. Okay, put a pin in that. Because first we're going to go to my experience watching Mary frickin' Poppins. Oh, you watched Mary Poopins. Mary Poopins, yeah. Mary Poopins, because I do love Emily Blunt. I do love her, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda is is my Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. And I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. But before you go on, in the poster, there's a picture. i got to put the kettle on. Put Uh, the kettle on. Because my throat, there's something going on in my throat. Jizz, it's jizz. It's jizz. Um, uh, In the poster for Mary Poopins, there's there's Emily Blunt, and then there's a man behind her, and I'm thinking, is that Lin-Manuel? Yeah. That's him. Has to be. Well, of course it it would have to be, but it doesn't look like him. Well, he's playing, instead of a chimney sweep, he's a lamp turn her on her and turn her off her oh okay because it's a prequel isn't it okay it's a prequel no sequel it's a sequel sequel because the children are older <clears throat> so it's got to be a sequel yeah unless they they're in that doing some benjamin button shit and it then ain't no benjamin button shit uh-huh. uh i'm gonna look at mary poopin's the post so you watched it and I, it's a musical no, no i attempted <laughs> to watch <laughs> let's call it okay, what it huge is. hit huge hit huge hit for who? Well, for the people who put the money up. <laughs> was it was it a hit? Yes, yes. worldwide hit, okay. smash hit. I figured it would be, but let's just call it what it is. It was a hit because it was Mary Poppins. Mm. I don't know if people went for any other reason except it was Mary Poppins. Right. So they want to see what they... Yeah, this is Lin-Manuel right there. That's him right there. Yeah. Huh. Why a, does he look so different? Because well, he doesn't have a goatee? He cut his hair. <clears throat> it's also a bit of creative license with the yeah. the painter sure, i would think so aka the photographer uh-huh uh, and i love him because he looks like paul rudd in that no, uh yeah but not in that uh painting in poster, that yeah. rendering that, there that artistic 
listen, I should speak, right? We I all mean, should. Come on, come on. But it's hard to even see Lynn in that. But anyway, yeah. with that said, I think what bothered <clears throat> me was that Lynn was doing a Cockney accent. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Okay, for the record, yeah. Cockney is one of the most Cockney and Geordie, in probably my opinion, are the two most difficult regional British accents. Cockney being East yeah. and South London. Wait a minute. Okay, so Cockney is East London? East London, yeah. Wait a minute. Wasn't that where I was living? Yeah. That's okay. But But people that are born and raised, they're old school, yeah. are thick Cockney accents. Okay, so okay. Okay, Cockney is a region. Yeah, right. Well, it's not language, a town. It's a language. It's no. not a town. Correct. And so where I was in Stratford, that's East that's London. That's East London. So they Cockney accents are from East London. Like you get you, some of the old school cab drivers. Yeah. Right away they have Cockney accent. You know they're East or South. Okay. South uh-huh. London too. Like Essex has uh, you, a Cockney. You're right, babe. All right, babe. You're right, babe. All right, babe. <laughs> that's Cockney. Well, Lynn's version of Cockney was cocky. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It All was right. just. I love him, but again, that's a really tough accent. I wish they almost would have let him just be him. Yeah. Emily's British. She has a, you know, she has a... She's got a leg up on a, him. Thank you. I was going to say lead <clears throat> in the competition, so it's not fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it made him look worse because she's British. Well, couldn't she at lunchtime just said, hey, do it like this? <laughs> well, she didn't... She's prop, She's the Queen's English because she won't speak Cockney. Okay. Because she's Mary Poopins. Yeah, right. Other than that, it was, you know, a cute idea. Did you get I through to, to the end? Nope. You did not. I got a half an hour through. Oh, dear. Half an hour in. And I, the so, songs were cute. Yeah. And the way they did it was fun to look at, but I couldn't... Here, I need to put the kettle on because I please, need to... You know, like, clear um, it out. But talk I'll to keep me. talking. So... Um, I couldn't get through it, and then there was literally nothing else. So they had Headspace, which is the meditation app that had asmr oh really so i put some asmr on and it was horrendous rain falling on gentle rain falling yeah. on a roof was like uh-huh. i was like who is this gonna relax sound like a stampede that was horrible yeah so um <clears throat> i ended up doing my arrow word puzzles which you can only get in the uk they're my favorite things in the yeah. world so i did some of those I have a couple But Michelle, staff. in in you know, there are several choices of movies to watch. I mean, so the, the only I've choice I've seen them all. You've seen I watched, them all. Oh no, <clears throat> that's a lie. I'm lying. Mm. Call me a liar. I watched Beautiful Boy. Oh right, yeah, that's which a feel was, good movie of the year. <laughs> was not prepared. Yeah, I saw Timothée Chalamet, and I love him. Oh, Timothée. Timothée Chalamet. Uh-huh. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Timothée. Timothée. That's the French. Way, I friggin' love that. I've never Timothée. heard that before. Timothée Chalamet, who is... I was thinking Timothy. Timothée. Timothée. It's so beautiful. There's an accent over the double E. Timothée. Timothée Chalamet. Chalamet. Beautiful. My daughter Lola's obsessed with him. Every And and rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. And then Steve Carell, who I freaking love. I can watch him do anything. Joseph T, what is that you're having? You're this having is hint. Just, this is hint water with some... Um, with some Electrolytes. vodka inside of it. What do you want? A cup of tea? Uh, I'll have a cup. All right. What you got? You, well, I've got the peppermint, which is what Alex. I don't is want having. peppermint. I'd like something decaffeinated. Okay, let me just tell you the list. Okay, and I'll scream it out for everybody. Okay, scream it out. What you got? All right. You got so African. Here's the cranberry vanilla wonderland. Oh, that's nice. Cranberry vanilla wonderland. Yeah. I'll have that. Yeah, I'll have some of that too. So right. Um, so yeah, beautiful today, boy. It's about addiction. It's about meth addiction in particular i'm thinking it is a true story yeah i thought i didn't know where it was going i know that steve carell was nominated for an oscar and i think timothy was not nominated Uh, did you say a nominated a nominated (laughs) 
Was Timothy nominated? I know Steve Carell was, and I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, with that said, I was not. I was texting my husband on the plane. I go, oh, this is not going where I thought it was going. But it's very real, and I think the story is a true story. But if you're looking for a pick me up. It ain't beautiful, boy. Yeah, well, you know that's the thing is that I was I I will see it. Event. I'm gonna get Where's my yours? cup is in the other room. I'll go get you it. You didn't see beautiful boy. I haven't seen it. Then how I have know? it right there, sitting oh. on that thing right oh, there. Oh, you need to see it. I you know I have to be prepared for it. You do. I have to be prepared, and I I just haven't been. I, I think I told you this before. Recently, actually, in the past, since that November two years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> time there's any type of meanness or hurt or kind of conflict i don't know what it is in me but i have an, an aversion to it i only oh, want to see things where people are not being mean to one another i think what i think it is is the state of the person who's running this country okay so it's put you in a place where we're craving um wholesome love yeah and positivity yeah. instead of i just i don't want to see anyone being mean to anyone no. and i don't want to see um now if it's if it's good wholesome um, fighting like Quentin Tarantino fighting. I'm not talking about Pulp Fiction. Right. That's a whole nother level. Right. Because that, that stuff is, it looks too real. But like in Kill Bill, um, oh, actually, I couldn't, I probably couldn't Kill watch Bill Kill is, Bill. You're talking about. The, well, the blood in there is is unrealistic and beautiful, but um, they are being mean to her. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I think what I'm saying is I have a real aversion to anything that is um, going to be people being hurt somehow right now i'm telling you that's because of what's going on yeah. i'm sure it is i'm sure it is but um so can we talk let me i'm gonna go get my um should go we wait your, till the break to go get my my other just cup just go get your tea because i'm looking this up anyway you're looking this up this steve corral but i'm wondering if he was um nominated for, for an it. academy award yeah he's nominated for an academy award once i don't know if oh it for it was for that playing dupont playing the fox du- catcher fox catcher yeah mm. but i think he was nominated I he was for nominated this. for this yeah he, he wasn't. wasn't. No, well, was I'm Timothy? wrong. Was Timothy Chalamet? Timothy. 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 Because Steve Carell gave a lot of himself in this movie. He's a fantastic actor. He's a actor. fucking great actor. Yeah. Was Timothy? Oh, no. Just for Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Okay, so we were wrong. Okay. Um, But that's okay. I can accept that. I was out to dinner when the Oscars <clears throat> were playing. Anyway, with that I, said. He, yeah. It was a very good film, but it was so depressing. Yeah. But because was, I've heard that the guy who wrote the book was actually relapsed during the promo tour of the book oh, for my. Shit. He's he's just had an ongoing problem. So with was it. it a true story? Because they said it was their a names. true story. Yeah. 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 The, the Schiff father and son. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was just. Hey, you know, addiction ain't no joke. But listen, that's I, what this movie's about. Yeah. It's about no, you don't go to rehab and you're better. That's right. not how it works a lot of the time. Trust me, I know. As you know. I have been sober almost, actually in August, it'll be 20 years. But hey, you know what? <laughs> By the end of today, you never know. Good, well. You never know. It's one day at a time. And I got to tell you, this is the thing, is that, first of all, life is hard. Yes. It's hard, no matter if you're sober or not, if you're rich or poor, yep. black or white, life is hard. Well, they say in it, um, you <clears throat> know, the counselor says to Steve Carell, the father says, um, part of recovery is relapse. Yeah, you know, and he's like, "This is not what I want to hear." And and at one point, his wife, played by the incredible Maura Tierney, mm-hmm. said, "Um, uh, this this or the ex the ex wife, the girl who plays Holly on The Office, the actress, she's mm-hmm. great too. She's mm-hmm. in this as well." And she says, "Um, she's on the phone saying, oh, yeah, this one place is forty grand a month.'" Wow, 
a month. Wow. I didn't realize rehab was that Oh, yeah, expensive. it's a big business, a huge business. But the truth is, <clears throat> no matter where you go, you have to put the work in. What is you, her name? Amy Ryan. Amy Ryan, Amy Ryan. so yeah. talented. You have to put the work in. So uh, it doesn't matter how much you pay. You're going to hit that bottom. And people try to cushion the bottom. You, but that no. bottom, you're going to hit it. And that's the only way it can shake your ego into submission. Because There's one scene... I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm thinking about the one scene where he's talking to his sponsor mm. and he had been clean for like almost two years or something. Mm. And he was jonesing, I guess, mm-hmm. sent back into whatever. And he calls the sponsor. And of course, the sponsor's like making him be responsible for his own shit. Mm. And he didn't want to hear it. He just wanted to do another hit. You right. Know? So right. he's like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I got it. Don't worry. I'm good. Yeah. He hangs up. And of course, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I know we we all know the story, and we all know what it's like to have family members who uh, who are in that situation, and how difficult it is to detach because you do have to detach. It's like uh, the Exorcist. It's like having a loved one being possessed by a demon, and then you know. It looks like your loved one. It looks like the little baby that you diapered and then you saw him take his first steps and you saw him put his shoes on the wrong feet and you thought it was so cute. And it looks like them. It's not. It's some, it's his body has been taken over by, for lack of a better word, a demon. It's just watching Steve Carell go through that with, you know, I mean, Steve Carell, but not giving up on his kid and Mm -hmm. at a point going, it's kind of what I deal with with my girls with depression. At one point, you don't know what to do. Yeah, he didn't know what to do, and there's only one point where he said, "You can't, you can't come home." Nope. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And the kid's going, "Please, please help me." Yeah, yeah. Please, I need you. And he's going, Mm-mm. "Right." And that's the detachment I'm talking about. Because the truth is, but it um, broke his heart. Broke it, his heart. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Um, but um, you have to detach, and it's it's that tough love that is so so difficult as well. I mean, you you see it in the newspapers today: people trying to cushion their child's um, uh, their life, their yeah. fall. Yeah. And you have, to, and the way we've set this thing up as humans, you have to fall to learn. Now, intellectually speaking, you can learn without falling. You know, it's all the information is there. But unfortunately for us humans, the way we've set it up is that the only way we learn most of us, is by falling. But with addiction, it's it's even that more di- that much more difficult because you're not in your right mind to feel the fall, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Because there was nothing... Timothy didn't want... That might be the wrong term, but it seemed as if he didn't really care about getting better because he lo- the feeling... He wrote about it in this book that the father finds where he... The, the feeling was so much more important to him than anything else yeah. of being high because it took him away from everything else. Well, listen. Oh, that I, father's pain. I, I, I go back to, you know, when I uh, talk about my story. Did your mother know <clears throat> that you Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. Issues? She did. But, you know, I left home when I was 15. That's what I mean. So yeah. she didn't get to witness it with her own eyes yeah. a lot of But not, it. you know, um, those, those first 20 years. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. You know, were, were, they actually were, it was... It was fun and it was um, it was necessary because I didn't know how to process my feelings. So to put them on hold or to put them on um, a layaway plan and say, you know what, I'll deal with that later. Uh, that was fine. And it worked for 20 years. But the last 10, I was, you know, because I used for um, 30, 30 years. years. Um, 
the last 10 were hell because yeah. I was trying to maintain a career. I'd become famous and I had a business. I had other people depending on me. And it was... Um, it was it was difficult. Yeah, but were you doing? Those were my years. Mm-hmm. Those last ten, and I I know you smoked a lot of weed. Yeah, but I don't really know you doing much more than that. No, no, I I smoked. Weed was my thing, yeah. and I was always stoned, always stoned. Now, uh, earlier, if I if I could do like in my twenties, I did acid once a week. I uh-huh. did about four or five hits of acid once a week because it was cheap. Now, if I had money. Um, back then, uh, to do other things, I would have, but I was broke. I didn't. So, so that I, helped, actually. Yeah, it actually did help. But I, I drank because um, I was work, working in the nightclub business, and so the booze was free, and it was always there. And then, um, you know, sometimes people had some Coke here and there, or Special K, right? You know, but uh, there was I didn't do a lot of that because it was expensive. Meth wasn't really big when it we were young. It wasn't big. No, you know uh, what was big was dust. Dust is is PHC and PCP, isn't it? Yeah, P- PCP, PCP. PCP. Um, it was, but it wasn't fun. No, but you it had that specific smell. Yeah, so I when remember. people would smoke coke or smoke uh, smoke dust, a sherm. Remember it, a yeah. sherm? They called it a sherm because <laughs> yes. they would put it uh, inside a, cigarette. a Sherman cigarette, a yeah. Sherman cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and no, tracks I do, always smelled like that. Like Sherm? Yep. Uh-huh. Tracks the famous gay club. At 18th and 10th? 10th and 10th. But wasn't it around the corner from 1018 or was it 1018? It was 1018. Okay, so Tracks was 1018. 18th Street and 10th Avenue. Yeah. Because then it turned into the Roxy. Correct. Yes. Tracks. But turned. wasn't it the Roxy the roller skating rink? It was. That was in 1018. Oh, it wasn't? I thought 1018 was next... I thought 1018 was here. We're talking New York was, disco from... Sorry, from, I thought 1018, and I could be wrong, uh-huh. I thought 1018 was a block over from tracks. Okay. 10th and 17th. But I could be... I'm going to look at I, 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 You know, I could go with that. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go get my my big mug from the other room, pour myself a cup of tea, and you guys uh, enjoy these commercials while exactly, we're away. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, Michelle, you know, I just love listening to audio books. It's a way for me to sort of lull my brain to sleep. And also, when you're waiting in traffic in the car, it's a great way to entertain yourself. And no, that's it why it really is. That's why audible.com is what you need. Well, with Audible, you get access to unbeatable selections of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. I actually started compiling a list with some of the um, biographies you told me about, yes. which is um, Tatum O'Neill. Oh, paper a paper life. life. Oh, it's so good. Yes, it's that's so one of good. them. Yeah. Aretha Franklin, respect. Oh, I'm I'm rereading it now. It's it's hilarious. Michelle Obama becoming yes, and then the, the tattooist of Auschwitz. I know it's not a pick me up, but it's a book that I want to read. And because I'm in the car or traveling so often with Audible, I don't have to worry about that. I can just plug in my headphones and go away. Yeah, Audible members can choose three titles every month: one audiobook and two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs. You know, sometimes you can't see it, but all you need to do is hear it, and you'll yeah. do it. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute or just on the go you'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges rollover credits and an audiobook library to keep forever even if you cancel audible the most inspiring minds the most compelling stories the best place to listen get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash rue or text rue to 500 500 and listen for a change that's audible.com slash ru all right so the mystery is somewhat solved because tell them what you found well in the late 80s the skating club the roxy in new york city became 1018 so that's 515 west 18th street so it's 10th avenue and 18th street so the roxy roller skating rink Became 1018. I played 
1018. Yes. Did you play 1018? I never played 1018. I yes. knew of it, but I never played it. I went back when it turned back into the Roxy. That's when it became now, a Now, I remember when it came back to the Roxy, because yeah. that was in the 90s. That was in, that was 89. 89, it turned into the Roxy, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years ago, Michelle. Yeah. 30, 30 years, years ago. ago. Oh my goodness! Right. Uh, did you see the, um, the Studio Fifty Four documentary on Netflix? No, but I heard it's great. It's really good. Is it? Oh yeah, it's really good. Um, is it like real footage? Halston, real, well, it's real footage. Warhol. It gives you everything you want. It gives you everything you want. The sex, drugs, the disco, and the music, and the feeling of it. And you realize that that, that place was only open for thirty-three months. Tracks was on. West Nineteenth Street. Wait a minute, slow. You're using numbers, so my brain has to. Go. It's so tracks, literally one number. So tra- <laughs> I know. Tracks was at what? Tenth Avenue and Eighteenth Am- Street was yeah. ten eighteen on the yes, Roxy yeah. slash the Roxy. Okay. Was on Nineteenth Street was on the other side of the same block. Correct. Yeah. Tenth no. uh, Avenue, Eighteenth Street. Look at me. Look uh-huh. at me. Yeah. Look at my. Look at my. Eighteenth Street. Uh huh. Uh huh. Tracks 19th Street and 10th Avenue. Oh, okay. Just one block over. One block over. Right. I wonder what it turned into. I wonder, huh. A brothel. Okay. Yeah, I can Which go with that. Which would make sense. Yeah. Because that's where everything happened on the, the dance floor of tracks. But tracks always smelled like Sherm. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That was my first time I walk and go, what the fuck is that? It's pungent yeah, and disgusting. It you know, it's a very chemical-y <laughs> it smell. It smells like plastic is burning. It smells like yeah. plastic is and burning. And somebody said, oh, girl, that's dust in yeah. a cigarette. So people just smoke it. like So you look like you're smoking a cigarette uh-huh. when it's dust. Except so you, your brain is frying, frying inside of your head. In front of your You've eyes. never done angel dust. Hardest drug I ever did was speed. Uh-huh. And... Hash, <laughs> which every time I say, everybody laughs at me. But I never did a drug. Well, hash is that. pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I smoked weed like maybe six, seven times in my yeah. life. Hash being one of them. Yeah, and then speed. I, I did a black beauty one. Well, listen. You know, I've said this before. The, the, the thing about not my thing, Rue. Drugs the aren't. Thing, my thing about drugs is that you want an alternate reality because the reality of that we're living in, you know. Um, can be just mundane and not exciting, and, and but we're not glorifying. We're not glorifying. Sexifying. What? What? My point with all of this is that you have to find a way to excite yourself in this life. You have to find something that's going to make you feel good. Now, you were just saying to me earlier about this show of this the Asian woman who cleans Tidying up. Tidying up with Marie Kondo. Yeah, on and Netflix. you were saying that she says if it brings you joy, yeah. keep it. If it doesn't. It. And it's you know what it actually works and it's such a ridiculously simple concept and she is the sweetest little you just want to put her on your shelf mm. but when you watch it you go oh stop it but then when you go through your stuff like Lola my 17 year old was motivated to clean out her drawers because she has so much shit that's useless so she'll say take your shirt and look at it and say does this bring you joy mm. actually no it mm-hmm. doesn't bring me joy so you say thank you for the wear that you gave me yeah. I'm gonna now give you away okay and make somebody else happy well that's the point is that you have to constantly without drugs or without all the other stimulus you have to constantly find things that bring you joy in this life and that's difficult it takes a lot of effort to Work do it for Anita a, Baker it, well uh, <laughs> it does it works for a lot of people but it it's it does take work and not a lot of people are willing to 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 take the time to put the work in that's why and that's the same truth the truth is truth with uh uh uh, being sober you have to put the work in and the same with um you know they think oh popping a pill or smoking a joint you automatically 
uh, put into this sort of magical world. But um, uh, that stops working. And ultimately, you have to be able to find that place, that sweet spot for yourself. And that takes work. It's like fighting gravity. It's like, shit, why do I have to work so hard to maintain uh, happiness in this life? Well, yeah. I, I, I didn't make the rules. That's just the way it is. And there is no answer. It is, there what, is, it is. It is yeah. what it is. But, you know... Oh, the kettle's on. Um, talk Please, for a minute. I'm going to go talk put some. Do you but, want some more tea, uh, Alex? Did you drink all of yours? You, but, bitch, you have a cold or something, and you need... Do you want more tea? I, give me your cup. Give yes, me your cup. give him more tea. Yeah. Here you go. Um, but, yes, this life is difficult. It's a struggle. Every day is a different struggle, whether whether it's addiction or, in my daughter's cases, depression and or really dark thoughts that you can, don't want to get me talking about depression no i don't but yeah. it takes over you know and i see it and when you're young you know that's that's the whole point of therapy for my for my youngins is you know their therapist is very strongly into believing that what they're doing is not giving them answers what she's doing is giving them coping skills right because for the rest of their life they're going to wake up any given day and be like i can't handle today so instead of going right to the darkness that is the other voices in your head she then has the coping mechanisms of That's this right. is how I deal with the voices. You in have my head. to own. You have to own those skills. You, you, no one can tell you them and say, Dorothy, why didn't you tell me? All I got to do is click mails three times. Well, bitch, because you wouldn't have believed me. And you have to live that life. You have to go all the way around, yellow brick road. Hey, girl. Hey, oh, girl. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, oh, hey. And then you get to a point where you have earned that journey, yes. and you go, Oh, I know what you do. You know, I've I've said this many times. You know, I get depressed. A lot more mm-hmm. times than people think, and because and the truth is, and I'm saying this uh, says time to the better to say, as she's already in head hurts. Because she's already in head hurts. So you say it so eloquently. That's right. The truth is, uh, you know, um, if you are not depressed, you are not in your right damn mind. That's it. If you are not depressed, then you what is wrong shit. with you? You awesome some because shit. this is some bullshit going on How up does in look here. Like a comfortable way that you're sitting. Look how your hand is but on your it, wrist. It actually is for just a minute. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to stay it like, like this. It looks like you're doing an imaginary table. Look I, at my hand. I see, yeah. No, Does that look comfortable? It doesn't look comfortable. I know what you're saying. And it <laughs> doesn't stand to reason that this would be comfortable for me. It's, but it actually is for right now. Right now. Just yeah. for this time being. Yes, it okay. is. It is. But, you know, surrounding myself with people who I love or who have... Um, who I can riff with, like Michelle, uh-huh. you know, it 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 makes the journey uh, more palatable. When we get older, and I, I hate to use that, but now that I'm 50. Mm-hmm. Um, a child of 50. A child of 50, but you you see things happen and you go, I'm telling you, and, and I have friends, like Annie, for example, she, she hates when I say, I'm telling you, I've been here longer than you have. Yeah. This that what you're doing is yeah. going to get so old to you. Yes, yes. You're going to hate going through all yep, this. Yep, yep, yep. That by the time you're 40, you're going to be like, why the fuck did I waste my time doing yes. all of that? And the people, yes. the people you try to please, you're like, oh my god, what a fucking loser. Yeah. I spent all that time wasting my wasting time. my yep. time on that bullshit. But when she, I could have been over here partying and dancing to Anita Baker, she have any dance you songs? You bring me joy. You bring well, that's not really a dance song. No, but remix. Okay. Sure. We'll just call Thunderpuss. Re- yeah, I don't think she's got remixes. She has She's on to. a farewell tour, you know, Anita Baker. Again? Uh, well, no, most people do. It's a way to get people in and say, look, bitch, I'm getting old. 
<laughs> you are probably not going to see me in concert ever again. If you were ever going to see me again, this would be the one. Do you know Jennifer Hudson's playing Aretha Franklin? I did. That you know Aretha uh, first wanted uh, Halle Berry to play her. Wait. Ho- okay. Ho- wait. No. Hold it's true. When asked, Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm actually reading that book again right now about her called Respect. It's so good. Um, it's on my list. Yeah. When I, when asked, she said, well, I want uh, Halle, Halle Berry to play me. Then... I have never heard of anything I swear to God, so beautiful I swear to God. in my life. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's like perfection. It is perfection. Then... Uh, it should have been called Halle... Um, what's her name? Aretha Franklin. P-E-R-F-E-C-T. What is it? Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well... Um, then, uh, of course, no one else agreed with her. Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So then uh, Jennifer Hudson's name got uh, put out there and Aretha sanctioned it. But um, going back to the um, Harry Belly story yeah. is that Harry Belly should be playing the Melba Moore story. How brilliant would that be? And Melba Moore has a story. Melba Moore has a story. Now, for the synopsis is, Melba Moore was a big Broadway star. I think won the Tony for Pearly in the 60s. And then had a big... Sherman Hemsley. Hemsley had a big uh, disco career in the 70s. -hmm. And then, in the 80s, had a huge R&B career. Mm -hmm. Then she lost everything because her husband, blah, 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 divorced. She was left penniless, was on welfare, and then uh, brought her got herself back uh, into the business and is doing fine now. But huge, huge. And huge talent. Huge talent. I love her voice. Great. You know, there was one of the songs that she did that was a drag queen staple in Atlanta. All the queens, seasoned queens who could do ballads, would do um, uh, Lean On Me, Uh which was a a song that she, uh, Melba Moore, made very popular, um, where she holds this note for probably... Not 16 bars. What's double 16? 32. Probably 32 bars. Mm-hmm. I swear. Lean on me. Uh, she does this thing. Uh, not the Bill Withers right. lean on me. It's a different... Um, uh, anyway, Melba Moore. That's what Halle Berry should be doing. I think her story would be very interesting. Too. Oh my God. Melba it'd be the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. The shoulder pads alone. Can you imagine? Count me in. Count me in. I, you know, I need to be writing these things. I... What's wrong with me? Well, I have a lot of jobs. You do okay. a lot of jobs. I don't have I don't, a lot of time. Don't know if writing the the Melba Moore story is going to be on your list. I, well, it's one that I You'd I've be great obs- at it. I, you I've obsessed it. about it. Yeah. I've obsessed. Did opening she have an scene. autobiography? Uh, probably. Yeah. Who hasn't? Yeah. But listen to this. Opening scene. Picture this. Picture this. It's the making. It's a video. She's making a video. Of the, the Wiz? Is she doing the Wiz? No, no, no. Okay. This is 80s. This is the height of her R&B career. Okay. 80s and probably, um, uh, what was the? Under Love. Under Love. Okay. That was the Kashif song. And she's a little bitty thing. Is she? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Not like Stephanie Mills' little bitty thing. No, no, no. Thing. Not like that. No, I don't think she's a little bitty thing. Didn't I, we have her? Didn't we interview her? No, we did not. Okay, maybe you You used there. to live in the like same I... building that she lived in. Did I? Yes. The Galaxy. She lived in the Galaxy? She lived in the You told me that, bitch. Did I? <laughs> did I see her? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yes. my God, this okay. Is 30 years ago. Oh, okay, listen. No, not 30, 20, 20, it goes, 20 it goes, years ago. Psh, yeah. Out my head. Yeah. She's 5'1. Oh, she's 5'1. She's smaller what? than me. I told what? you. Moore is little. That's ridiculous. No, it's, I know. I'm 5'4. Melbourne, I can't believe that. Yeah, she's teeny. I saw her one woman show in. 
in the Lower East Side, not the East Village. L.E.S. Yep, in the Lower East Side at the Henry Theater in 03... Oh three or oh four. It was amazing. Yeah. It was it was you know it was bare bones. Right. But it was really but for amazing. For somebody who's as talented as her, yeah, you just want to see her stand there and sing. Yeah, Melba so, Moore, yeah. amazing. Uh, but picture this: the opening of the movie. Okay, we're back to it's that. the making of the Underlove music the video, song. the Kashif song. Yeah. She's got the biggest. What? Shoulder pads. Thank you for you can that ever up. See, you've ever seen in your entire life the biggest yeah. shoulder pads, and she's doing she's doing choreography uh, to this song, and it's fabulous. And then all of a sudden, I'm doing creative license. It's a great, here. great scene. Yeah, a creative license. Someone says, "Um, um Melbourne Moore, <laughs> telephone," and she answers, and she's what? My husband did what? She's, he's taking all my money. What do you mean? Meanwhile, let me just backtrack. Uh-huh. When we were over there in London, we saw a lot of um, we saw a lot of jukebox musicals, and all of the jukebox musicals, Michelle, they feel like they were written by the team who who, who wrote all the skits on uh, on uh, on what <laughs> Living Color. Michelle is showing me a picture of Melba Moore. She looks exactly like Halle Berry, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that'd be great. That's Halle Berry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but meanwhile, we've seen all these jukebox musicals. It seems like they're written by the same team who did all and the Love skits. Color? No, all the skits on the Carol Burnett show. Oh, you, and you guys, you, you've seen um, Lucky Bitches. Because I always think I always think of not Carol Burnett. I always think of Kim Wayans. Kim Wayans, right? And I'm gonna get you suckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But listen to this. Yeah. Okay. Listening, Michelle. Real. Um, you know. Um, you know Lucky Bitches by yes. French and Saunders. Correct. Where it's they it's a retelling on this skit show uh in, in England of the Joan Collins, Jackie Collins story. And they basically tell their beginnings to where they made it big and how they wound up in Hollywood, two different paths. But the way they tell it is like, um, hello, this is Joan Collins. Who who are you? What's your name? Erin Spelling? You want me to do what? You want me to do your television show, Dynasty, <laughs> Dynasty, and basically, okay. What I'm, the point I'm making is, all these jukebox musicals uh, are that. They are that. They basically underline all of the huge uh, storytelling arcs uh, in everyone's life. It's like written by Wikipedia. Basically. So it's like written in a sentence. Written in a sentence, yeah. like, say, um, uh, you want me to do what? Yeah. You want me to move to Hollywood? Right. And and oh, my sister Jackie. Yeah, well, she's just her writing career. She's writing is, a book. She's writing a book. <laughs> she writes. She writes a lot. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's so brilliant. Yeah. But I swear, you know. And they say, you know, to develop all these jukebox musicals, they take years to do, and they're developing this one and that one, years to do. You see them, and it's like it's written by fucking Wikipedia. Five minutes. It could have written. Five that. minutes. Put the songs in. You're done. Yes. Yes. Well, don't get me started on that. We're not going to name any names. No, but... Because I enjoy them, by the way. Yes. You and I saw The Bodyguard, and we loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But Deborah Cox had a lot to do with that. But also, the story the story was already written. Basically, they follow the story of the movie, The Bodyguard. Yeah, it was fun, and they did a good job. Right. So they didn't have to tell Whitney's story, but the, the trick to this is they put all of Whitney Houston's songs in the musical. And not only that, they put... The right one. The right song. Because songs. you go to Jukebox Musical, which you saw one. I of, saw one. And they put the wrong song. I, I saw one in England. Yeah. Am I going to name any no. names? No. Nope. Uh, and they had a lot of songs that had no business in there. No, we saw one in England that we won't name. And uh-huh. there should have been. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yes. There should have yes. been. Yes. And if there were, 
it would have been good. Right. But because there well, were Okay, it would have been better. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. moving on. But you know what? I've got to tell you that- It's still fun it, to see. It's fun to see. And it has freed me up to writing my own because I'm thinking, oh, you mean I don't have to get deep or anything? For, your, for the RuPaul For my episode? RuPaul jukebox musical, it's like- Oh, I should just write it. The most it. difficult part about the RuPaul musical would be finding somebody to play RuPaul. It's the same thing with well, Tina Turner. I think that's very easy. Cher. You just get the Olsen twins to play me. And I, mean, I think that's obvious. obvious. Mary-Kate has been waiting. But, you know, I, when I watch these things, I think, what's the psychology behind the people who are writing them? Are they doing? Are they dumbing it down so that they could fill the seats with Betty and Joe Beerkin? Is that the philosophy? Is that the chemistry Most people that go to with? the theater are that. They're tourists. Yeah. They're not New Yorkers now. We New Yorkers will go because you know and there yeah. are the theater going crew that are New Yorkers and theater kids but the majority of people like like Chicago let's use Chicago uh-huh. Chicago is a full on tourist show yeah but I Everybody gotta say it's a good show though one of, it's a one good of show the best. yeah one of the best yeah but there's no real brilliance behind no there's no real the brilliance stage it now it just is what it is you go you know the songs so with jukebox musicals there's no brilliance you go you know the songs it's all about hearing the songs That's it. and Motown, doing the thing uh, Annie was telling me that her parents were upstanding dancing in the aisle yeah, right. because it's hit after hit yeah. after hit. Yeah, I so, should have seen it. It's closing soon, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I, think I thought it was closing in uh, in London. July. Yeah, in July, I think it's closing. That's possible, yeah. but it's been open for a long, a long time. while there. Yeah, I mean, so, every time I walk past there, um, it's uh, there's a line around the there's block. There's a Michael Jackson one, Thriller, yep, whatever. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. There's a bunch. So I think if you do the right, I'm not a fan of jukebox musicals mm. at. All you yeah. know, you know, I actually loathe them. Yeah, um, because I feel like it's just even head over heels. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited about uh, a Go Go's musical. They chose not the right songs right. for that. Right. I could have scored that better. Yeah, and the story was adorable. You know, mm. uh, Pepper or Peppermint was in it. It was a lesbian storyline, which it's usually gay men. So to have a lesbian storyline is great. And I enjoyed that. But at the end of the day, they didn't pick the right Go Go songs. Mm. There were some, but I was like, no. Yeah. Actually, no, that shouldn't have been there. What should yeah. have been there is, you know, this song. Yeah, yeah. So, again, you and I can't score every jukebox well, musical but, on the Broadway. Well, well, we'll be doing the On the Great White one. Way, as yes. they call it. Hey, Alex, you were giving me a signal to wrap what it up. Mean? Does that we mean that we have our guests coming we in? We have our guests coming in. Who are our guests again? Our guests are Gina Rodriguez uh-huh. and Catherine Langford. Langford, I was, yes. You know what I was going to say? Hamnet. No. Oh my God, that's a good shout. Yeah. I, I have two Catherine Hamnett sweaters still. I still have this cowboy ca- shirt of Catherine Hamnett. I fucking Catherine love Hamnett. Catherine Hamnett. Yeah, Catherine yeah. Hamnett, London. Actually, what she I was, was a designer say, from uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> 30 years ago. Nice try. Yeah. I was going to say Catherine Hellman. Yes, uh, RIP. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mona from Who's the Boss. Yeah. Um, oh, you got the fake false eyelashes. Thank you, fake Thank false you eyelashes. for noticing my <laughs> fake false eyelashes. No, you, they're extensions. You have extensions yeah. on. Don't yeah, they they're look gorgeous. Good? I got them fluffed up a little bit they're more. They're nice. Nice. When I posted a picture of Nicole, makeup artist, lipstick, Nick inboxes me and goes, um, they better be off your fucking eyes by the time I yeah. see you. And I was uh-huh. like, calm down. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. going to tour with these because then I don't have to rip my eyelashes yeah. out with the other ones. I love it. All right. So we're going to have our special guest coming up right after Thank this. Thank you. I love my therapist. I wish you had a therapist to love. I, I think, do. Well, because it's so important, and we've said this many times, you, you need to learn how to navigate your life, and, and you need an outside 
source that is uh, doesn't have a, 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 an angle or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, un, like bias? An ulterior motive. Yeah, yeah, Someone sure. who is level-headed. Yeah. That's why Talkspace is so important. Guys, we when he said at the beginning, wish you had a therapist, everybody can. Talkspace is the online therapy community that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All y'all need is a computer with the internet connection or a Talkspace mobile app. And that means you can improve your mental health like we do, even if you've, even though it doesn't seem like it. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> even though you've had to, you might be listening to us and be like, they've had therapy? <laughs> Shit. I'm just going to go the other way. If you can't imagine fitting el- anything else into your life, because that's the number one complaint, it's like the gym. Yeah. I can't, I work three jobs, I have kids or whatever, yeah. I can't fit therapy in. Well, with Talkspace, you can. Remember that therapy isn't just about digging into that deep stuff. You can do that and that's great, but it's not, sometimes it's just getting off yeah. the stuff off your chest, you know? It's about the practical everyday strategies for stress management. Stress is the number one killer. This is the way to do it. Save your life. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen and help you make positive changes. One month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session. Best of all, you'll never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind because obviously if you go on Mondays, you have to wait a week to the next Monday. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure you use the offer code RU to get your first week free. That's Rue and Talkspace.com. Michelle, oh girl, without you guys know we just came back from London and we we use our Today Ooh. Ticks apps on everything. It made it so easy. I mean, we don't have to sell you on this thing. It really is the best way to get theater tickets. And not just theater tickets. There's comedy clubs, there's jazz clubs. It is amazing. Now, what did we see in London? What that, didn't we see? Oh, we saw everything. So, Tinta Turner. Tinta Turner. Harry Potter, The Cursed Child. Yes. Six, uh, the musical. Six, the musical. Love that. All about Eve. All about Eve using our Today Ticks app. Now, yes. it couldn't be easier. Did I say how easy it was? Yes. And, you know, Rue just said we, we used it in London. It's also available, obviously, in New York, the Great White Way, Broadway, San Francisco, Los Angeles, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philly. More cities coming soon. Stay tuned. Today Ticks pioneered the mobile lottery and mobile rush technology so you can enter lotteries to see shows at deep discounts i'm talking 20 bucks for front row tickets sometimes in all the cities that they're in today ticks gives you access to insider deals and exclusive offers and you get tickets up to 50 percent off in just a few taps so download the today ticks app for free on ios and android that's today tix or visit todayticks.com to see what's playing this week and treat yourself to a show we love you today ticks we got Gina Rodriguez here. We are just in love with this girl. You know, I got to spend a lot of time with her. What, we made a movie in Brooklyn in the BK. We did. And what's the name of the movie? Someone Great. It's on Netflix probably right, right now. now. It's called Something Great. Someone Great. Someone Great. Okay. And RuPaul's amazing, so you need to check it out. I Yay! had so much fun. We got so to good. work. I, we worked with chihuahuas. And baby <laughs> sharks. Yes, and baby sharks. Have you worked with animals and children before? Yes. On Jane the Virgin, we have animals and children. Animals, you're just you're you're pointing that she needs to be closer to the mic. Oh, okay, really? Oh wow! You thought you were very close to the mic. Thank you. How'd you I get started like was... in show business? I was a dancer. I was a salsa you mean, dancer. You mean you were a dancer? I was a dancer. Were you a private dancer? I was a salsera. What's oh, that? She did salsa. Dancer. Oh. I did salsa dancing for ten years, and then like per, like in the ballroom scene. Yeah, prof- well, not the ballroom scene, more the World Salsa Congress. So we would perform. We would do. It's just not salsa dancing for ballroom. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I feel like they do salsa, but it's not. They the do. Kind it's not of, like club salsa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh-huh. I definitely. Were, I was on two different uh, salsa teams. Yeah. Um, 
And do you know how I to Latin to, hustle? I know how to Latin hustle. I you, feel like I was born Latin hustling yeah. out the womb. Wow. But yeah, it is a thing. Because every time I, I I've said this before, <laughs> every time I hear Mandalay by La Favor, Mandalay, I think, oh, hey, why didn't? Why wasn't I blessed with the ability to Latin hustle? And there's nothing like seeing it in the club when that song comes Ooh. on. And that's the that's difference between yes. the club dancing salsa and hustle yeah. yes. versus ballroom hustle and yes. salsa. Yes. What is the difference? So for a novice like myself, um, I'm not even a novice, am You're I? You're not a novice. No, I'm baby. not a no, novice. I'm not a novice. Um, what is the difference between the, the style of Latin hustle that I see in a nightclub from what you were doing? In oh, the competitions. Well, from what I was doing, I was definitely more that flavor, though. It was more traditional, old-school salsa dancing. It wasn't... Um, ballroom. Yeah, ballroom dancing is the erect shoulders sure. and the like the, oh, yes. it, it's like um, it's almost missing sauce they have right. rules that, yeah they got rules yes, and, the and proper, they don't look at each other and they oh, got the yeah. like hey, you know sorry I bet you you hate this Alex yeah. or I'm going back uh -huh. and forth um, but it's definitely more gritty more yeah. more island wait when we were on the set you mentioned that someone that you knew on the set was one of your oh no it was Jade Sotomayor yes. from our show yes. the first season, season of Drag Ra yes. Race yes. she knew Jade Sotomayor Jade was my dancing partner. Was your dancing partner? No way! Partner. Yeah, Jade was David. J David was my dancing partner for many from years. Chicago. From Chicago. You're both from Chicago. And Nayasha Lopez? Oh, Nayasha oh, Lopez. Nasha. Lopez, yeah. Fabian, he was one of my first dancing You're partners kidding. ever in life. Yeah. They're both really, really cute boys. Aren't they so. the cutest? Yeah, and so how did you get started doing salsa dancing? I was at a Puerto Rican Day Parade. I was like seven years old. They'd always perform. Like Boricua. The, yes, Boricua, para que tú lo sepas. They were all on like the the stage, and I was like, I want to do that. Because yeah. I always danced in like Christmas time and reunions mm -hmm. and barbecues. Like my whole family dances yeah. really, really well. Wow, that's like great. Like the kind of dance you see in clubs where you're like, these Ooh, people are killing us. Uh -huh. The passion, yeah. the like island, the like flavor, the juice. And so my father, my mother put me up for an audition for one of the dance companies. I got in. I started yeah. dancing. I danced from like 7 to 17. Wow. And then I went to NYU for acting to yeah. School of the Arts. And then how did you get your big break? When did uh, Jane the Virgin come along? About almost five years ago. I was 28 year, 29 years old. Uh -huh. So I had already been, I had done co-stars and guest stars and recurring roles. And Jane was my first like series regular that put me on the map. Yeah. But it was no overnight was not no. overnight I went to college I hustled I did the grind I think people like to say overnight meanwhile you're in the business for 20 for years 20, yeah for 12 uh, 12 years before yeah. I hit Jane that's yeah. why when yeah. everybody's like oh my god it's so difficult I want to quit how long have you been in LA nine months talk to me in 10 years right. uh -huh. exactly. shut your mouth exactly. like what what are you yeah. gonna do for us come on yeah. was there ever a time you thought I've got to give this up I can't, and nothing's happening in LA. I got to stop this. I feel like that probably happened every few years. There was the, what timeline do I give this? Mm -hmm. What what mark do I give this? And each time I would, I would negotiate that with myself. I would mm -hmm. say, well, if I only got one life, then I might as well keep trying this forever. And mm -hmm. I felt that, like I felt being like, all right, all right, you're broke as fuck. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine yourself doing anything else? Right. right. Yeah. Besides salsa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, besides salsa and going back into that, I was like, my knees were already shot. Right. I was yeah. like, but I, I, every single time I would confront myself and be like, all right, we should probably stop this now. Mm. The other person would be like, yeah, but why? Mm -hmm. If you die tomorrow, at least you tried forever. You know, you're forever. Mm -hmm. Or if you, if you're broke at the age of 70, do you care as long as you're happy? I mean, mm -hmm. I grew up broke, so. Yeah. Money's fantastic. 
and <laughs> wonderful and privileged as shit and fantastic and makes so many dreams come true and so many worries go away. Um, but it definitely doesn't bring happiness. No. No. Definitely not. And yeah. that's something I think you only know when you start making money. Because yeah. before that, you're like, that's definitely what I want. Sure. And then you have it. And you're like, oh, I also want love. And I want relationships. And mm-hmm. now I don't have my friends because they're upset because this life has started to happen to me. And I won the fucking lottery. And now I'm kind of alone here. Because you can't take them with you. Because you can't. You yeah. can try. And mm. so what do you do with those friends? I ask people this on this podcast a lot. How do you negotiate friendships from before? before? I have talked about this <laughs> before. How do you ne- negotiate those friendships from before? Uh, and then, you know, you hit the big time and then you go, hey, old friend, what's up? And you're like, well, um, can't pay the electric bill. Uh, you know, where? what's up with you? Was it, oh, I just came back from the Vanity Fair party. Yeah. You know. It's very real. It's very real. I mean, I don't know how to navigate through it quite yet because I'm still, I think, in the space of if I have, I give. And at some point, I'm going to have to, like, start saving for my own family. And I'm not trying to MC Hammer this, you know. Oh, child. You know, it's yeah. lay it down. It's yeah. so true because somebody asks and I can't, I can hear my father saying, do you have? Yes, then give. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Tight. There has to be a, a limit. But there has to be a limit. Yeah. So, like, I think I'm still in the space where if I if I hear a friend that's, you know, struggling, I try to rescue. And I know that's not forever. That's not possible forever. No. You know? But no. I think I haven't. I'm trying to build boundaries, trying to say things like trying to build for my future too that I have to save for because yeah. I also would love like well, a there's husband help and there's and rescuing and you know there's, yeah you yeah. don't have to rescue yeah help yeah, is yeah. love you can help just by being a friend just yeah. by saying listen I, I don't have money to give at the moment I know you don't believe that but I've got a, bills and people I'm paying yeah mm-hmm. but I'm here for you in every way that yeah. I can be emotionally whatever you need which you know always yeah which will always be right which I will mm-hmm. always do um, it's tough but it's tough I think it's very tough and then like the pool of friends gets smaller and smaller and you think wow for like my blessing the thing that I prayed for my blessing somehow the manual didn't tell me that it was going to look like this right yeah you're like all of a sudden it's like wow the manual is like the manual didn't say like you know section F numero you know two, yeah. that like yeah um also, a lot of people are going to be disappointed with your success. Like, that mm-hmm. part wasn't in my manual. Mm-hmm. You don't see that coming. And I, you don't see that coming. Yeah. And um, But you also don't want your life to change either. No. So, was there anybody in your life, I heard you talk about your father helped you to tell you, you know, if you have, give. But was there anybody in the business who said, okay, look, this is what you should look out for? Because you, you know, you've been working no. at this for a long time, but mm. it's to the general public, it's like overnight, Jane the Virgin yeah. turned into this phenomenon. Yeah. And so, uh, so no one, agents, managers, no one was there to say, hey, uh, kiddo, okay, look, this is what's going to happen. And this is how you respond. I had a manager that was like, you can't save everyone. You yeah. can't save the world. Yeah. And, um, and, and he was, and he is right. He, a hundred percent, you can. Um, Wow. Wow. No, it's true. You know, it's so interesting. Um, um, You know, everybody's looking for a manual for life, how to do life. And listen, the answers are are out there. It's just that somehow we don't really want to... uh, 
seek them out. Even if we know the answer, we don't believe the answer. Did you have people that were upset with your success? Yes. Not that wanted from you, because everybody always has people that want sure. from you. For sure. Yeah. Regardless of success or not. Correct. Right? Correct. No, but I've told that story many times about I know that you couldn't take it with you. Yeah, well, but from San Diego, I would, um, from San Diego, and I would take the bus out to the beach, and the kids, I'd go back to my neighborhood, which was not near the beach. I'd go back to the uh, my neighborhood, and all the kids would be standing around saying, oh, you think you're white or something? Uh, Where were you? Oh, I was at the beach. It's like, oh, you must think you're better than us or white? And I was like, no, actually, the beach is really good. We live in San Diego. It's great. Yeah. But, you know, there are always people who want to poo-poo It's misery loves company. It's misery loves company, but they feel, those people feel threatened by you branching out further because it's a wake-up call for them to say, "Um, uh, and what are you doing with your life? Right there, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I had a good friend of mine who sat across from me I was and I, I asked her to come to dinner with me and I said, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. what am I not picking up? What am I, like, not seeing? And you were friends Open with her for a long time. For many mm-hmm. years. Okay. Open up my eyes. Show me, like, mm-hmm. tell me the perspective I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just, to be honest, I cannot handle the fact that you're successful and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so when I'm There's around you, it, and I was, I, I was like, thank you so much for at least fucking giving me mm-hmm. the real deal, mm-hmm. you know? And then I guess I just sadly lose you now. Yeah. And I yeah. guess that's just what it is. Yeah. So she yeah. told her truth and she couldn't get beyond it. Yeah, not yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't, she hasn't she may come really back in my life yet. Friendship you know? is so mm-hmm. much more important than success. I think when people realize, yeah, when she has her own, she's going to realize that like, the French, the relationships are the one things that you don't purchase. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's, yeah. what's interesting about that? And, you know, abundance creates more abundance, even if she faked it. And and I've been in the situation before with people who I knew from before who became more successful before I was successful, mm-hmm. is that even in their face, I will friggin' fake it because I knew that by my uh, uh, supporting their abundance, it creates more abundance. Osmosis. You help those succeed. If you help others succeed, you too will succeed. Yes. Yes. You help those get what they want, and you will get what you want. It seems that, like it's it's counter in intuitive to do that but it's not but it's not it actually if you lift those people up you will then create room in your life for abundance to come to you we say that they say that in the secret and i know that a lot of people including myself first time i went through that whole power of attraction thing law of attraction i sat there going you know they say if you live like a pauper that's what you're going to yes but it's so hard when you have nothing to think abundantly yeah Yeah. it is that's like that's that's why mentors are so important correct yeah that's why acting like you are even if you're not i'm Mm -hmm. not saying spending money shoot yourself up get Mm -hmm. next to the people who have act like you do act like you are and by osmosis you attract that abundance. You're absolutely right. And that's why I went to the beach. I knew I was in San Diego. I knew that the beach was something yes, fabulous. Bitch. So and I caught the bus out yes. there. And I did. And I, you know, even when I had no money and I had no money for most of my life, um, uh, I was rich because I was able to create magic. And if I could put a token in a bus and go out to the beach and create magic, that's then magic. that's what that magic rich. is. Yes, that's that was, being rich. That was being rich. That's yeah. being rich. And your parents uh, gave you the, the gift of dance. That's magic. I mean, it gave me confidence like you wouldn't believe. Another thing, you know, I look like a little... Thai boy till I was like 15. I did, I did. Look at pictures. And put, oh, I mean, that's ah, why I, go, ah. I go to Thailand and they're like, you Thai girl? And I was like, I yes, I am. And, um, and oh Thai my boy. God. Uh, I'm both. But like, I, 
<laughs> I definitely wasn't, um, you know, the looker, but I, on stage, it was like all eyes were on me. Mm-hmm. They, you know, to have and build that confidence of just being capable and yeah. knowing that it was my beauty definitely was going to just expand yes. from the inside out. Isn't that wonderful? And it Isn't really, it changed magic. my life. I tell people all the time, if you have children, put them in dance class. It, oh my God, in anything that's going to give yeah. them any kind of sense of like security sure. and confidence and just like, I have a skill, here's my skill. Yes, yeah, and then I'm going to share with the world. I'm going to share the skill with the yeah. world. And you feel like you're bringing something to the party. You're bringing yes. something to the party and you're part of a cycle. You know, when you're on stage, you're projecting outward toward the audience and then they give it back to you and then you project it back to them and that's true with life life is a stage so it's it's important now do you you know you've been acting for so long do you still study yeah oh for sure where do you go you live here you live in LA or New York I live in LA um you know I David Mamet is where I studied originally with New York University Atlantic Theater Company David Mamet the playwright he has a school or he's a teacher well no he has a uh acting technique that is taught at NYU they Mamet does Mamet does I didn't know that and his plays are very specific yes very very specific and his you know so I trained in his um technique in school and then also like Stella Adler and Uta Hagen and you know I'm constantly reading about new different kinds of uh, ways to connect with your inner um, connectivity being Mm -hmm. able to like sense memory being out in public is very important being able to watch people and watch people's characteristic and habits being able to like adopt them for gestures as an actor Um, but but the number one craft building is being on set Mm-hmm. It's like even just being on your set, mm-hmm. watching the way it runs, watching like what you do and how you change, you know, things based off of the girls and based mm-hmm. off of like the judges around you. And so I'm constantly like eating up life. I'm constantly mm-hmm. studying. But mm-hmm. um, I, I went back to David Mamet recently. Here in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he has it in New York and in L.A.? Well, I mean, the technique is taught. The places. technique. Yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 Because it's just about the words. It's just about like getting rid of all our inhibitions. Experience mm-hmm. is the best teacher. Yeah, experience is the best. No, your experience, though, as a dancer, how did that help your acting? Spatial awareness. Spatial awareness. Yeah, and my body connectivity. The fact Uh that I know how to use my body, how to express myself with not only my face, my hand gestures, but my motions, my body. Do I change my character's Mm -hmm. form? Mm -hmm. Um, And fluidity, always. Like, uh, I feel graceful. Mm -hmm. I got to watch a movie that you were in. It was not my choice, sorry. My husband chose to go see (laughs) a movie called Annihilation. (laughs) It was his turn. We literally go back and forth because I'm like book club and he's like, Mm -hmm. Annihilation. (laughs) So that's a scary movie. It's it's like a monster movie. Uh It's a supernatural. It's a sci-fi movie. Yeah, Yeah, sci-fi. There you go. (laughs) And I didn't know Gina was in it. And when I saw her name, I was like, oh, yay, Gina's in it, right? So I watch it and it's a very different Gina. Yes. (laughs) Than Jane. (laughs) What kind of Gina is it? She's like a... I mean, it was a tough, tough butch, girl, butch, butch lesbian role. Uh-huh. But shaved she, off half of my head. But you were very physical in that movie. You know, Thank a lot you. of scooting around and going up and down things. And it was a physical role. For, it was an action yeah. role. It was an action role. And my body, like I put on traps and like I would curve my shoulders over and I would like like my stomach hang and there was like a, a different kind of comfortability and like you put my on skin. traps. What does that mean? Like I put on weight. I put uh-huh. on like I worked a lot on my traps so that my oh trapezoids. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll be a trapezoid. Come on and wind me up. So okay, so uh, okay, so you changed your body for this. At the end of the movie, were you still alive? 
at the end of the movie? Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> you're not going to see know. it, yeah. but no spoiler. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, you're not. I love it. You're never going to see it, <laughs> but <laughs> you're not going to spoil it. Who doesn't like that scary shit? Okay, so then I so then I can ruin it. Well, well no, but it's a good movie, though. It's a good movie. But I was like, why are you going into that glob? I love it. Don't go into the glob. Just leave. Like, what is wrong with you? Oh, my goodness. So so Annihilation. And then there's, um, uh, I can never remember. It's something great. Someone great. great. Someone, Someone great. great. Someone great is the movie that's on Netflix right now. That you are amazing. I'm in the movie. I, I play I, hype. I play hype. Who's a drug dealer? Yes, very and, natural. Uh, I very had to do, clairvoyant. Well, I had to do some sense memory. For I that. think you could tap yes. right into that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we had fun. We had a lot of fun, and we had Chihuahuas on the set and, that were uh, named after the Golden Girls. Yes. Oh, oh it was that's everything. Right. They had we, little tutus. Yes, and a female director. We had a female director. Was that your choice or she brought you in or you brought her in she brought the script to me she wrote and directed that she was the creator of sweet vicious on mtv uh-huh. jennifer robinson this was her directorial debut she oh. was also a mentee of say her name jennifer robinson yes she was also a mentee Tom Smith. Oh. <laughs> 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 jennifer robinson <laughs> Uh, a mentee of Paul Fye. Feig uh, Fye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never know how to say that. Paul, you know, I, I love you. Yes. Um, but your last name is a... Yeah. It's Mystery. an anomaly. It's a, it, it, is. it really is. Fye, Fye, Fye. And she... Fye. Oh, I don't know. Now, see, through a third one. Now, yeah. see? Uh-huh. Um, but she's incredible. Very, very funny. Yes. It was very, very funny And scripts. her mother was on the set and her that mother, day. That, yeah. yeah. Well, Rue definitely caused quite the stir. Oh, oh I know. Oh, people were... Rue leaves awake. <laughs> living not unlike Your Judy Garland just a different kind of way yes right well, we had to tell people like we had to take people to the side and be like breathe breathe yeah. it oh that's yeah. very like, sweet Paul, I had a I great understand. time it was great it's called Someone Great and it's on Netflix right now Gina thank you so much thank for you. joining us always and uh, we'll, obviously we'll see you on the judges panel <laughs> so uh, keep on dancing alright always alright we're gonna take a break we'll be right back after this you know, hiring is challenging, mm-hmm. but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect with qualified candidates. Guys, we've talked about ZipRecruiter for a few years because we love them. And listen to what they do. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. So you're a boss, you need to staff five places, you know, five people you need to put in positions. ZipRecruiter takes care of that. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RU. Bosses that are listening that are trying to look for great, competent, incredible candidates to fill that position, look no further than ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. Catherine Langford is with us here today from Perth, Australia. Now, everybody knows you from 13 Reasons Why. Mm. I saw you, I guess. And Love we, Simon. And Love yes. Simon. Yes. <laughs> Michelle, we saw her. We were at, at the MTV Movie MTV Awards. Movie, Movie, Movie and TV yeah, Awards yeah. then, yeah. Was that your first big award show? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and I was wearing my like red little Givenchy outfit. Yes, and you look so gorgeous. I remember in it. seeing her face. Her face when 
because I knew the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. I saw her face when Rue walked by, and she was literally like, <gasps> she didn't know what to do with herself. Uh, yeah, I think it was my personality, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were Australian then. Yes. I mean, not a lot of people do, and I think it's because on the show... Um, obviously, like playing Hannah, it's an American accent. Yeah. And that was the first thing that I'd ever done. So most people just saw me for the first time with an American accent. And yeah. then I kind of lost it. Um, not not the Aussie accent, like lost it. But when I'm over here in the States or if I'm in England, I tend to just gravitate towards different accents, which is kind of problematic, especially in bars, because I'll just I'll have a few drinks and I'll start speaking Irish if I'm surrounded by Irish people. Well, you're a shapeshifter <laughs> is what you are. Here, come pull your chair up closer yes. to the mic. This is the thing is that, you know, when you are a medium, you know, mm. a medium, which is, um, you know, there's a high frequency and then there's a low frequency for humans. You're a medium. So you you adapt to whatever it is, uh, the environment you're in. Yeah. You know, I like that. You were asking me before when was the, la- when, when was the last time I was back in Perth? Yeah. And it's it's been really crazy because the last two years, um, it's like. I I literally, I was cast in the show. I came back for Christmas, like back home. And Uh then I've just been essentially traveling like everywhere for the last two years. Wow. So I live out of a suitcase. It's like. How fabulous. It's fab, but I'd love to like have somewhere to put stuff. That'll happen. happen. You're young. You know, you've got to do that kind of stuff while you're young because eventually you will have a time where you just put everything down. But, you know, I remember I packed a suitcase at Mm. 15. I've never unpacked it. Never unpacked it since, and that was right after the Second World War. So, you know, and she's a baby. She's, she's baby. Early 20s. Early 20s. This is the time to do it, kiddo. Yeah, I was yeah. so excited to hear you were from Perth because, you know, I'm married to someone from Perth. Yeah. Uh, from Actually, from Bergen. Oh, and, uh, you're married to a person. I'm, re- I'm married to a person <laughs> with lots of personality. And uh, and I've been to Perth a lot. Now, I was telling you earlier, mm-hmm. there's a world-class hotel yes. in Perth and be and we went there for years and there was never anything to stay there was never a good place to stay there mm. but I, and they they're not advertising we they don't advertise with our show but I'm going to say the name of this place do it because uh-huh. you got it you know you, you should stay there when you go there it's called the Como the call yes. it's called Como the Treasury yes. in Perth Australia what makes it so great. It's a world-class hotel, Michelle. <laughs> we, you know, George and I, we travel the world and we go so to So is the Holiday Inc. Well, know? it's not a world-class hotel. But, you know, used to, and I'm giving you a history, mm. it used to be the Richardson in Perth. Uh-huh. There was the Pan Pacific. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Crown, which is the casino. Yes. That's it. Mm. But now the Como in Perth, Australia, called the Treasury. It's Fabulous! Yeah. You should go. You should go to dinner there. You should have a staycation. Go now. Staycation in. When, when are you going back to Perth? Probably Christmas, but I'll go. For Chrissy. Yeah, for Chrissy. And it's warm for Chrissy. There, right? uh-huh. I love it. It's warm. Yeah. Child, there are flies flying into your eyeballs and in your ears. <laughs> Huge flies. We spend Christmas on the beach. I didn't know this, but like a good like part of the world spends Christmas in the cold. In yes. No. Yeah. We yeah. Our, our Christmases are like you spend it on the beach. You're barbecuing. Like people have the air conditioning yeah. on. Like it's hot. It's Foreign. very. Hot. Have you ever been yeah. to Rado? To say it one more time. Rado. 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 Yeah. There you go. Yes. Have you ever been out there? Yes. Yes. Rado. What is it? Island. Oh. It's an island off of Perth that I think, and I know you're having lunch, Michelle. I'm doing but it. I think it's in. It's infested oh, with no, no. Don't look. It's oh, infested with, with rats. Right? No, no, no. Well, okay. In part, I, I, I don't know if I'm getting my facts right, but uh-huh. it's, it's. Um, oh, rattle, oh, actually, no. Maybe it is because that's why they call it rot nest, as in rat nest. Yes, but they're not actually rats. I don't think they're. They're quokkas. not rats. They look like rats, yes. but they're, they're not rats. Quackers. Oh 
what's a quaker? Yeah. A Q A K K E R or something? Q U A no Q U O K K A. Yeah. And they're tiny little things and they've got a really gorgeous face. Yeah. Well yeah. then that's why I just love the Australian <gasps> sense of humor. Is that what look how cute that thing is? That's it's adorable. It's like a little wall. It really is beautiful, but they call it, uh, you, it was called rot, rot, rotto, rotnest. Yes, rotnest. Rotnest. Yes. rotnest, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I have oh, spent a lot of time in God. Perth, and yeah. actually the last time we were there, uh, we took a helicopter ride all over the city, which was really lovely. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. And um, oh, look how gorgeous that <gasps> animal is. Quokka! <gasps> okay, I'm so now. Thirteen <laughs> reasons why is is on Netflix. Yes. Are, have you started the third season filming it yet? It got greenlit for a third yeah. se- season. How do they keep going? How many more reasons? Because because it, it, yeah. you're you're dead on the show, well, and you can. Well, well, I'm she's dead. dead I'm wrapped. She's I'm well. I was back in second season, but uh-huh. I'm actually wrapped from the show officially now. Officially, officially, they wrapped. finally can. Let her go. Your yes. twin yeah. isn't going to pop up somewhere. Look, and I advocated, you. I advocated for the twin from Australia. <laughs> um. <laughs> so what? So what are you going to do next? What am I going to do next? Um, well, Your skin is so beautiful. Oh, is, did you. you inherit that, or is it's, it, did you do something to get that skin, or oh. is it your mom's skin or your dad's skin? Um, I, well, actually, I grew up with chronic acne. I, I there's no sign of it. Yeah. I had to go on medication for it, but, uh, yeah, I I used to have chronic acne. Really? Yeah, really. It was like, it's a, now, aren't you amazed by how good your skin is? You having seen what your skin was, (laughs) are you amazed by it? I'm, I'm happy. I'm like grateful for it. So for the people who are out there who may, or kids who maybe, um, have chronic acne, Mm -hmm. what do you do for, what's the medication called? Did you take Accutane or one of them? Yeah, I took I took something that I needed I needed to go to a doctor for because it was that bad. But I don't actually know if it's available in the states for mm, some reason. Mm. But I mean, I'm sure it's available in T- Tijuana. Everything is everything's available in Tijuana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard though growing up. Like if you're a kid at home and you have acne or like it, you know it's on your face and it's red and it's painful and it it's it it definitely gets you down and and whatever. But I think oh. you got to find what's good for you but your parents were doctors was Mm. it diet was it just hereditary i think i think my acne was hereditary it's hormones Uh kiddo it's hormone and it was it was it was hereditary and it was also because i was training as a swimmer so in your it's gonna sound weird if i just say it as is but like when you're training and being active all the time like my testosterone in my body Mm -hmm. was up and that obviously like played with hormones as well sure Yeah. yeah do you still swim i don't know i i did for Nearly 10 years mm-hmm. competitively, and then I stopped when I was 17 because I was at a, um, I was at a sort of quote unquote gifted and talented school, and I just I literally went into music and was getting way into my art, so I just couldn't yeah. balance both. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, when I do an Australian accent, I do my sister-in-law's accent, but I uh-huh. still can't say no. I can't say no. No is the hardest word. It's the hardest word. When I did ADR for for I mean Love Simon and for 13 and and. Maybe even for this film, spontaneous. I've done. It's it's so funny, but no is one of the hardest words because in Australia we go like n- like to exaggerate it. We go no, like yeah, no, like no. You, I don't know. Yeah, and then for for American, it's like. No, no, yeah, it's so no, like no, yeah, no, it's yeah. really hard. See, and I, I, I was in uh, a park in uh, walking through a park in Sydney once, and I heard someone say "night," and I thought, um, "Oh, you try, you say night, but you turn it at, you make a corner." So I'm going, I'm starting to say "night," but I say "night," "night," "night." 
Nye. But I feel like sometimes there's an R in it too. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Like nar, like nor. Yeah. Nor. George nar. says that with the Lisa. He says Lisa. Yeah, that's why I feel like at the end of. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Sometimes I'll hear the nor. Yeah. Instead of no. Well, an Australian accent is 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 a bit of the hardest accent oh, never, in the no. world. Yeah, I agree. I am so. I've said this. Like I watched Daniel Radcliffe in December Boys whenever it came out, and I just remember thinking, "Thank God I'm Australian," because it's it literally is. It's one of the hardest accents. It does he do an Australian accent in December Boys? He does, and Kate Winslet did it for the dressmaker. Did she do it well? Yeah, she did it really well. But I she love and Kate. she. Well, yeah. Yeah, oh, I love the movie The love Dressmaker. It. Yes, I love. I saw it on, on the plane to Australia. I saw it three times. <gasps> did you see her do the accent? Well, yeah, I didn't know. I thought yeah. she was from New Zealand because of that movie that she did with. No, them. she's British. She's English. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. But in The Dressmaker, the, uh, Judy Davis yes. plays her oh, mother. That's there what we were trying go. to think. Yes. Oh, yes, we were talking about the famous actress from mm-hmm. Perth. Of course, Troy Sylvan Sylvan is from Perth. Yes. And Judy Davis is from Perth. Judy Davis plays her mother. And George and I would watch this movie over and over again because when the mother says, fuck off, because that is so Australian. Just say, ah, fuck off. So brilliant. I love that movie. That's Judy Davis. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. One of the most brilliant actors in the world. So you talked about another movie called Spontaneous that you did? Yes. I just. I just finished that one, um, and that I think that's going to come out at the end of this year or next year. Um, but it's it's a, it's a very like kind of genre weird esque film. So what? Who's the director, and who else is in it? Just in case they change the name of it. Um, so the director is Brian Duffield. Um, and I think there's Charlie Plummer, who's a new great young actor in it, and also Haley Law, who's on Riverdale. Uh, I know of Charlie Plummer because Kathy and Jimmy's daughter Sammy is his girlfriend. Actually, okay. they said that, so, and she's she's in a band. I love Sammy. Yes. Yeah, we yes. met while we were up there. Yeah, that's and brilliant. Who does Haley play on Riverdale? I watch every episode. Oh, she. Oh God, <laughs> thanks. Oh God, it's first season, and she has the most incredible head of hair. Um, she plays piano. She dates Archie for a little bit. She dates oh. Archie. Oh, is she the teacher? No. <laughs> is she Mrs. What's-Her-Face? Weather- She's part of the, I want to say Pussycat Dolls, but that's not right because that oh, was my- Oh, she's part of the Pussycats. Yes, the Pussycats. Okay. Sorry. So okay, right now the you. movie's called Spontaneous. Yes. Do you think they'll change the title? I don't think so. I think they'll oh. keep it. It's essentially about like a bunch uh, or a senior year and the classmates will start spontaneously combusting. But it's not gruesome. Yeah. 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 Is is your career, now that you're famous, is it what you expected it to be? What's the biggest, mm. what's the biggest surprise in now being a name in show business? Um... I mean, I think that's hard because I I think you don't – I mean, before, you know, like I was 19 and I literally had a year of acting and just like grueling and like working and really pushing myself to like want to learn acting and crafts and music. And I think when you're you're doing it, you think, okay, I'm going to hit this point where I feel comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And you never feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that You mean in front of the camera or just as a a name? Um – Sort of more so the journey. Like I think people talk about getting to this point or, mm-hmm. or you've made it. Yeah. Like there's this point that you reach and then you're like, I've made it. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely hit points like booking your first job or receiving an award or being nominated for something. They're definitely highlights. But you never get to a point where you're like, okay, bam, it's done. Right. Like I'm safe. It, yeah. It never feels – and I never right. want to feel safe yeah. either. Like right now I've been acting and – I'm taking a, a little a little bit of time to focus on music. Not I'm not like saying that I'm intending to do anything with it, but like that's the other thing. It's like you want to grow, you want to evolve, you need to yeah. keep 
being pushed because if you get comfortable it it stops pushing everyone and exactly. it just becomes what's right it's not what's evoking it's not what's provoking everyone yeah no yeah. that's a very insightful definition of of what it's like to be in in uh, a part of the, this big huge industry because i think uh, kids get this idea that uh we all get this idea mm-hmm. that once we get to here everything becomes yep. perfect and yep. that, that void that we feel as humans mm-hmm. is filled and i'm i'm done as soon as this happens as yeah. soon as this then happens i'll do this Right. No, yeah. It does not work that way. But I think yeah. it's part of the process. It's a rite of passage. Everyone has to find that out for themselves. Yeah. Did you did your parents encourage you to become an actor or be in show business? Mm-hmm. Um I I wouldn't say they were actively encouraging <laughs> me to do it. I don't know if, if any parents do, but um they were definitely supportive, which is something I'm really thankful for. Like mm-hmm. I, I told them I I went to high school and I auditioned for drama school I didn't get into anything and mm. then I spent a year doing a diploma of music theater and then after that I auditioned for drama school again and I didn't get in mm. and so my parents were like okay time to go to university you mm. know you've had your year of fun and I remember I signed up and I, I enrolled to study to be a music teacher and it got to the point like the last minute where I could unenroll and I just said like I was 18 I was like it just doesn't feel right and um I went and I unenrolled myself. I didn't tell my parents. And I spent that whole year being 19 trying to get an agent, trying to teach myself and, and get a drama school education, if you will, just by myself in, in Perth, which is kind of hard and it's, it's unusual. And although I don't think that they, they – they knew, they figured it out. They never confronted me about it or mm-hmm. put me down for it. They kind of just let me do my thing. And when I came to them and, and said, you know, mom, dad, like – this is what I want to do. They were like, okay, kiddo, like, yeah. you want to do it? You do it. Right. And then, yeah, I did. I, that's one of, they're, they're <laughs> smart people because, yeah. you know, the, you're obviously a very intelligent young woman and yeah. they trust you and they, they, they trust in the guidance they gave you from a very early age. Mm-hmm. So um, now you're out of Perth and you're taking the world <laughs> by storm. You're taking that Perthanality on the road. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get it in. Well, Catherine Langford, it's just a, such a joy to talk to you, and it's a joy to have you on Drag Race. Of course, by the time this comes out, we will have already, the show will be out. You know, mm. this week is when our our show, uh, your your episode will be out. Oh, so um, you can catch her in the movie Spontaneous, unless the, they've changed the, the title, or you can catch her in back episodes of 13 Reasons Why, which is now streaming on Netflix and lots of luck to you, darling. Thank you. So it's a beautiful girl, Aww. and uh, oh, just hooly daily, darling. <laughs> Haley daily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, my dear. All right, baby. Bye. Bye. Bye.